Hello folks, this is uh, Follow the Math. I'm your host, Brandon. Today, I have a guest. My very, very first guest ever in the sixth episode. Wow. So, how my guest, why don't you introduce yourself? I'm Ethan. And Ethan is... Your who? son. Oh, my son, Ethan. Ethan's in eighth grade. Um... He gets to wear a mask about seven hours a day with no breaks in between. Um, yeah, no fun. Anyway, so today, Ethan and I, we, we get in conversations about stuff. Uh, a lot of things are going on with him and with what's other things are going on. And one of the biggest ones is the whole Alec Baldwin uh, film, Russ, that he's acting in but also producing. And he shot and killed someone and also critically injured someone else. And we were talking about it last night. I thought it had been a good idea to have him on here today so we can talk about guns because I am a gun advocate. I am a firm believer that a well-armed society is a polite society. Yes, I understand all you liberal fucks out there, especially in the Northeast, that... There's always the stories of some asshole shooting somebody in a theater and things of that nature. But all in all, people who purchase weapons uh, go around background checks. They get their guns. They use them wisely. Um, they keep them locked up. Ethan, where do I keep my guns? In the safe. Okay. Do you know the combination to my safe? I do not. Okay. So I have a safe that not only is a combination lock safe um, to my code that no one else knows but me and my wife, his mother, but it is also fire rated for six hours. That means that you could set the room on fire and that safe would be protected for six hours. So gun ownership, you can be... You can be pretty stupid about it, but if you have any two senses in the world, you will be smart about it, and it's effective, also safe. Safe, safe, safe. Safety, safety, safety. Ethan, what's the first thing we talked about when we talk about guns? Safety. What kind of safety? Gun safety. Okay, but why don't, we, why don't you tell the audience, like, what do I tell you the first thing you should always assume about a firearm firearm is always loaded okay now even if you have the firearm in your possession you remove the magazine what are you to do to make sure it's not loaded you clear the chamber you clear the chamber so even if you load your own magazine and then you know there's not a bullet in there there's always that what if and what happens if there's that one what if you die. It, or somebody else, you know, dies. Or you shoot your wall or goes through the window. You know, that's the best kit. That's the best, you know, scenario there. Um, but before we get into that more, uh, we were talking about things going on with schools. And one thing that I mentioned to Ethan, because he had a scenario happen to him yesterday that, you know, caused a riff in his life. Um inadvertently i would i would kind of say moreover even though he had a 
probably not the best choice of words and or the best taste in the scenario. But uh, we were talking about that instance. But I also mentioned to him is, is that, you know, our society is getting very sensitive, like ultra, ultra sensitive. And there was an incident uh, this last week at a high school uh, near where we live, Snohomish High School, where a boy and a girl were caught kissing. And that mutual kiss um, that had full consent by both parties turned into a school-wide rumor that he was, the boy was sexually assaulting the girl. And so now we live in a world where a, a boy and a girl, or no matter what the sex is, um, girlfriend or not, or boyfriend or not, um, two people that have, you know, uh, intimate interests in each other, um, can't even be seen kissing without the assumption that there is a sexual assault occurring. Um, that's what it's come to here in Washington. I'm, I'm sure it's like that and at a lot of other places around the country uh, and or around the world. And I'm a certain with absolute certainty that uh, a lot of people listening to this would think that's absolutely fucking ridiculous. And yes, I curse in front of my son. He's going to be 14 years old, and I know how I talked when I was 14 years old, so I'm not afraid to curse in front of my son, and I know he curses, but I tell him to be respectful in front of adults and in front of his sister and her friends, so we try to manage the situation, so let's be honest um, about all that. So, Ethan, do you want to talk about your incident, your incident yesterday at all? Sure. Okay, so... Uh, what class were you in yesterday? I was in fifth period U.S. history. Fifth, so fifth period U.S. history. What were you? What were you guys talking about in U.S. history? We were talking about the American Revolution. Okay, so the Southern American Revolution. Good, good point. American history, eighth grade. That's pretty. Yeah, that's pretty solid. So you made a joke. Yes. Did you make a joke in front of the classroom? I. Yes, in front of the classroom, not deliberately, but yeah. Okay, so, well, I'm 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 asking you, like, did you were you projecting the joke to the whole class, or no, did it was you specified to a small group of people? Okay, so uh, <clears throat> lay down the scenario, like, what's happening? Who's around? What's the volume level of of speaking? Things of that nature. Well, I was with a group of people that I normally talk to during that class. We were just, we had all finished our uh, assignment for the day. We were just talking, messing around, joking around. And one of the kids asked what street I lived on. I went, I don't know, check the sex offender registry. And then I laughed, they laughed. Someone, once that class was over, approached the teacher and said they weren't comfortable about being around me because I was a sex offender at their school. Now, I don't know how someone could take that out of context because obviously I did deliberately say I was a sex offender in a joking manner. Afterward, I did laugh. Now, if you just heard sex offender, I would hope that your first thought wouldn't just go, oh, they said sex offender, that means they're a sex offender. So I don't know how someone took that out of context, but mm -hmm. it did. Yeah, and I, I, I get yeah. And, you know, was mom and dad happy yesterday no. when we got the call from the principal? No. Okay. 
and uh, you are facing an in-school suspension for the rest of the week. Today is Tuesday, so this happened on Monday, so in-school suspension from Tuesday to Friday is what he was facing. Um, so, eh, I'm, I'm, I'm conflicted. People make jokes, um, but given the atmosphere of a school atmosphere, Probably not the most tasteful of jokes. Would right. you Would you agree? Yeah. Okay. Now, if the joke wasn't funny, then no one should have laughed, right? Mm -hmm. But you got a laugh out of it, right? Got you got multiple laughs on it. And Ethan likes to get laughs. Isn't that correct? Mm -hmm. Yeah, because you're a smartass, right? Mm -hmm. Yes. So he always takes every opportunity to be a smartass. And, you know, I'll give it to him. When asked what street he lived on, that was pretty quick on the feet. Um, but probably not at the most tasteful time. Um, also that, you know, because we live in this ultra sensitive world, if, um, there was anyone who had been a victim of sexual abuse at any given right. time or whatnot in that classroom, they could be, here's my favorite word, triggered by it, um, or take offense, correct? Right. Which, okay. I mean, I understand given there's 25 classes at my school, there's 500 kids, one out of every 10 kids on average are victims of sexual assault. That's averaging two kids per classroom. So I can understand why someone would be triggered by that. But I don't know. It doesn't it, seem like the ideal response to me. Yeah. I get it too. Well, I mean, also. You know, if you're a sex offender, it's on a national registry, right? Right. Okay. So if you are an actual sex offender, would you even be allowed to set foot in a public school system? I wouldn't be allowed to set foot within 300 yards of a public school system. Okay. So that's kind of kind of a general basic knowledge of when you're a sex offender, you, you can't, there's all these different things you cannot do, right? Right. Okay. So that was kind of the whole thing. And then today, uh, he had to go to school, report directly to the principal. Um, they sat down. Um, Ethan did apologize about it. Um, just reflecting. And I think it was one of the things that he didn't really realize what, you know, uh, what the circumstance was and how his joking aside that how it could affect people um that he kind of realized yeah it was a little bit distasteful and i don't know would you think would you say that if would you say if you had to do that over again you would come out with that same joke probably not okay and because also you know i don't know if you guys heard ethan's statistics that he spit out um that when you break it down about sexual abuse victims or sexual assault victims, um, statistically, two kids in every single classroom in that middle school statistically would be victims of either a sexual abuse or a sexual assault of some nature. And that can be classified in all different types of ways and all different severities. But so he does realize that. <clears throat> So I think that, you know, that him, that he understands and realizes that and he pays attention to those types of things um, shows me that, you know, he's he's not being 
disingenuous. He was just getting a quick laugh and didn't really think about the people that he could have, you know, um, offended or feel threatened in that time, which, you know, there are people, if, if you are a survivor of sexual abuse or sexual assault, you know, things like that, I can understand because that's a very traumatic, uh, ordeal. Um, how we classify those, I, I think need to be, uh, honed in a little bit. Um, because I think there's severities to the level. I think, um, if we went to the definition of sexual assault, um, I've been probably sexually assaulted at least 15 to 20 times and we're classifying as, you know, um, you know, back when I was a kid, people would nut check you. Well, that's classified as sexual assault. Do. You know, uh, when I was playing football and, and baseball, you know, you, you get a good hit ass smack so that's sexual assault so when you guys watch an nfl game next time watch how many ass smacks or in a baseball game or or whatnot there's gonna be tons of them so there's if, if they're gonna classify that as sexual assault um we really need to dial it down and kind of get real about it so that's neither here or there i i'm sure there's gonna be tons of people who disagree with me and are going to be triggered about what I just said, but fuck off, and you can cancel me on go fuck yourself on Twitter, um, because I don't have one, and I don't have no social media presence, that's why I'm doing it the way I do now, you can only email me at followthemath at gmail.com, and I'm going to keep it that way, because I see people get canceled for everything, Dave Chappelle's trying to get, they're trying to cancel his ass right now over a special, for being a genuine person, for being a genuine person, that is exactly what it is. Um, but hey, you know, it's 2021 and, uh, yeah, it's like ridiculous. Um, so that's kind of going, going with Ethan and his ordeal. Um, we love living in the state of Washington. Um, I love it, um, for the scenery, the nature, uh, the mountains, the lakes, the rivers, um, all that, but I can really do without the people. Um, it's, it's getting absurdly, um, I don't know. It, it's, it's just absurd of how people, uh, treat and think about things, especially with this pandemic is really what's pushing me over the edge with it. I don't know, Ethan, what do you think? What do you think about that? I mean, is this, it, you love being here because we go out in the, in the woods, up in the mountains and shit like that. And, you know, we're living out in the outskirts, kind of in the country a little bit, but I mean, are are you seeing what I'm seeing? I am. Even and I, even in my school district, and I live in a small town, and it's this. We live in a like town that. of five thousand people, actually under five thousand people. And this town has two elementary schools, one middle school, one high school. And the two elementary schools are just for the age groups. And just for the age groups, yeah. So one elementary school is K through third. The other elementary school is four through sixth. Yeah. Or fourth, excuse me. When I went to middle school, middle school was seventh and eighth grade. But here it's sixth, seventh, and eighth. Um, so I always, always mix that up with the sixth grade thing. Um, so that kind of gives you some stand, some standpoint. We live kind of like out in the country, like rural area. We are literally about a 50 minute drive from my house to downtown Seattle. So we are really in the vicinity of the metro area. Um, but we're out a little bit to where you feel like you're in the country. 
but so it's just kind of like these things just like the homelessness um in our at our old house and where we used to live it just it spreads like a cancer um talk about the homelessness a little bit though i mean you don't see it ever right because we're we're here given from talking kids at my school Mm -hmm. even their parents you don't see homeless people because we're in a meth town all the meth heads live in meth houses Mm -hmm. they're not out on the streets but if it weren't for those meth houses probably have quite a bit of homelessness but we don't but from what i've seen in other places it's scary yeah it's frightening i i don't like walking even just in like Everett, I don't want to go walk on the streets. Yeah, I don't want to get some bloodborne disease from a hypodermic needle. Like, <laughs> yeah, no, I get you. Me, me either. Um, and like I grew up in a in a real working class, like lower class area, and everybody was poor. And that's just one thing. It's like you live in the hood, you live in the hood. But when you, on top of that, like you you work your way out of it and you go to a nice suburb and you have a nice home and then it just like this infestation like is comes to you when you're trying to get out of that like what i've been doing my life is working my way to a better life for not only myself but for my family and i i feel like i keep having to go somewhere different but Enough of that. What about this gun safety? So I've been here. So I, I seen it this last week and then um, a, quite a few podcasts I'm li- been, I listened to have been mentioning it. And I think the one big thing and they keep talking about the safety. There's multiple people that are like, oh, you know, this this movie set was, you know, I guess some people walked off the set because of pay. Um, some of the people refused to do it because of the safety of it and all that. But nobody's talking about when you handle a gun or when you handle a weapon. And that's really what I want to boil down to. Um, if you have no if you have no experience handling firearms, you should go through a firearm safety course because you're going to do what Alec Baldwin did is not know that there was a live round in that old revolver, which was a 44 Magnum. Now, the thing about 44 Magnums is he thought they were all blanks, but Ethan, do they make blanks for the 44 revolver magnum? Almost every blank round is made in 8mm. Okay. And why? It's just cheaper, I suppose. Yeah, it's a lot cheaper. Than having make so many different types of rounds for something that's not even firing. So those of you who don't know what a blank round to a live round is. A blank round, so your, your normal bullet, it has a brass casing or sometimes a steel casing and then that casing on the bottom end of it has what's called a primer and that casing is packed with gunpowder and then you press the projectile which is the actual bullet into the casing and so when the gun fires the hammer hits the primer that creates a spark that ignites the powder and 
uh, shoots the projectile straight. Am I accurate in saying that? Yes, you okay. are. So when you have a blank round, everything's the same, except at the top of the casing, they don't put the bullet or projectile into the casing. What they do is they crimp the end of the casing. So when the primer hits the gunpowder, it ignites and still creates the same boom, um, but without the projectile. It will also recreate the same recoil. Now, what is recoil? You never see when someone in a movie fires a gun and the gun kind of kind of puts the hand back. That's called the recoil. So in when you're doing like a Western movie type of thing, even though that today's technology, you don't have to even use blank rounds anymore. They can recreate that digitally. But, you know, this was a lower budget film. So maybe that's the reason why they decided to do it blanks. Uh, which makes sense. Um, also, maybe from an actor standpoint, feeling the recoil of the gun maybe makes it more authentic, which I can totally see that point. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So I get that. But, Ethan, if I handed you a gun... Now, the other thing about the set was you're, this is supposed to be like... I forget the phrase, but... It's supposed to be, there's a code word for it, like, this is a uh, cold cold weapon or hot weapon where it has a it's loaded It's a live grip. firearm or a blank firing firearm. Yeah, I forget exactly. It wasn't that. It wasn't live or blank, but I forget exactly what it was. But we're talking about a 44 revolver, um, 44 caliber revolver. I, I said Magnum earlier, but I'm not even sure if it was Magnum. Probably the gun that they're using is predates the magnum round um, before the manufacture date because it's an old western movie so my guess is a standard 44 revolver and that 44 revolver is going to what have either five or six rounds probably five due More to the caliber five given that's a larger caliber yeah so larger caliber revolvers typically have five now if someone ever handed me a gun just because i Actually, I'm not, I'm not even going to stop with that. Ethan, if I handed you a gun and say this, you know, this weapon's a, uh, I'll just say, let's just say I'll just say cold weapon, meaning that it has no live rounds in it. What are you going to do? I'm going to check it. And how are you going to check it? I'm going to release the magazine, pull back the bolt, the slide, whatever you're using a couple times, make sure there's... Well, this time we're talking about a single action revolver that's supposed to like date back to the 1800s. So single action, you pull the hammer back every single time. Right. So that revolve and you're not going to eject the magazine the you're not going to clear the slide and i'm going to take out the cylinder and check every single one of those holes to make sure there's no bullet in there yeah and it's pretty easy to see especially with the revolver because you can actually see mm -hmm. the the projectile or the bullet on the other side of the cylinder and some of those cylinders you can actually take out um depending upon what gun it is um right. it i'm depends a, on if it's a top rig yeah I, i'm a, i'm assuming that this gun predates like they want to be authentic so they want to they want to have that gun you know standard single action you know you have to manually feed every every single round or take it out but we're talking about shooting and so the camera shot the reason i guess the reason why this poor woman um and my condolences to her family because that's just heartbreaking she left uh she left a husband and a nine-year-old son and uh, her son is going to grow up without her mom or his mom. And, you know, that's really heartbreaking. And 
you know, I'm talking about this because we're talking about a gun death that absolutely could have been prevented. Um, prevented because of education, not because, you know, uh, criminals have guns type of thing and we need to get more guns off the streets because obviously it doesn't work at Chicago. Um, <laughs> you know, and, and yeah, I'm, that's... They'll always I mean, find little, a way around it. Well, yeah, let's be real. I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, that's a whole other subject. So that's kind of where I'm getting at is um, the only time that you fire a weapon is when you manually feed the magazine or um, the cylinder yourself with the projectile, you check it. Ethan, what would you do? Let's just case in point. Um, we're going out shooting and I'm gonna give you a semi-automatic handgun and uh, the magazine's already loaded. And I'm like, hey, here you go, it's ready to go. You're Are you the magazine separately or in the gun? I'm going to give you the magazine in the gun and ready to shoot, ready to fire. What are you going to do? I'm going to, first off, keep it in a safe direction because it's a live firearm. Okay. I'm going to check the bolt, make sure there's a round in there or not. Mm -hmm. And if I'm about to fire it, then I guess I wouldn't have to clear it. Yeah. Okay. So... What about safety? Elaborate. The safety on a gun. Oh, right. Yeah, I checked the safety. Okay. So, like, if someone hands you... So, if I handed you... I mean, I guess I'll give you a little bit of pass on it because if me, if I'm going to hand my son a firearm, I'm going to tell him what the condition of that firearm is and he's probably going to trust me on it. And he's not going to question me because I'm his dad. But let's say... Oh, I still would if I wasn't about to fire the gun. But yeah. In that circumstance, I wouldn't clear it given that I'm about to fire the gun. Yeah, but see, that's the whole thing is that we're going to... We're going to... When we're going to be shooting a weapon, we're only going to be... That weapon is only going to be aimed in the direction of the target um, while it's... Uh, the magazine's going to be loaded, etc. You know, that we're not going to walk around with it on our side. We're not going to walk around with our finger on the trigger, anything like that. Um, and guns are really, really safe. That's what a lot of people don't understand is that with today's uh, weaponry, you literally have to have your finger on the trigger pulling back or else it will not fire. Um, those movies where... You know, there's a scuffle between two people and the gun hits the floor and actually goes off. That literally cannot happen. It's actually safer to let a gun hit the ground when it's dropped than to try and catch it. That is true. Because you try to catch it, your finger might hit the trigger and then boom. Most modern guns are specifically built where if they drop, they will not fire. Yeah. Even back in like the 40s, most guns, they wouldn't fire if dropped on the ground unless there's like a revolver. Yeah. So like that's a that's a common misconception about what people think because why no one knows about guns no one has experience with them therefore they're big and scary and everything on the movies is true right mm -hmm. right so um, the misnomer was is that I what I don't understand about this is that how this whole thing happened was that it was going to be a shot of Alec Baldwin. 
looking at the camera, pointing the weapon, firing it at the camera to get that movie shot. But that was a live round. Well, from what I've seen and what I've looked at, it was in between shots. The director wanted him to take another shot, but he didn't want to. Now, as a joke, he took out the gun from his waistband or wherever he was holding it. And he pointed at the woman goes, how about I just fucking shoot you then and pulled the trigger. He didn't know it was a live round. Went through her, hit the director. Wow. Where'd you hear that? Because I haven't heard anything about that. Uh, I saw a YouTube video titled Alec Baldwin shot somebody or something like that. And I went on Google. I'm like, who did Alec Baldwin shot? And I just went down a rabbit hole for like a couple hours just researching stuff. Yeah. You know Alec Baldwin from Beetlejuice, bro. <laughs> uh, and he also was, you know, played Donald Trump from 2016 to 2020 on <laughs> SNL every fucking week. Ugh. This is my thing, is that, you know, everybody should know about guns. And the reason why is you want gun control, and it's not going to fucking happen. Um, we have more guns in this country than we do people. They're not going away. So the quicker you learn about them, um, you have um, more experience with them. You learn how to shoot them. The more comfortable you're going to be around them. And I, I make this argument based upon how many millions of people get behind of a wheel of a 3,000 plus uh, pound vehicle that can literally be a mass murdering machine if put in the wrong hands. But, or even in the right hands. Or even in the right hands, you know. Um, all you need to drive a uh, mass killing machine would be uh, you got to pass a driving course and get your picture token. And once you have your license... You could go drive down any sidewalk and kill the shit out of anybody. But we're okay with that. Now that weapon, car a car, is way more deadly than any gun. And so that's kind of where I, I place it. So cars can be real scary to people who have never seen or driven a car. As guns are pretty scary to people who have never seen one in person or used one or learned how to take one apart to clean it and learn the functions of the of the gun, etc. And so I urge all of you to start learning about these things um, because the more you know, the safer you are going to be and other people are, you, are going to be ar around any type of gun situation, um, whether it be you have one or someone else has one. Um, I always encourage that. Uh, it's just a smart thing to do. Um, so that's about really all I have. Ethan, do you want anything more to add? Not really, no. Okay. Well, thanks for being my very first guest. I appreciate it. <laughs> and thanks for opening up about your school because I know it gets pretty frustrating, don't it? Yeah. Yeah. Sure yeah. You know, and that was the whole thing, actually. We're not going to wrap it up yet because the older I get, the more I laugh at myself because I always remember back when I was your age, boy. I used to do this and I used to do that. Nobody you said shit. 90 miles uphill. You know, it's like, it's, it's just like, even he's going to be getting his license pretty soon. It's like back when I was in, back when I was in high school, my sophomore year, you could actually take driver's ed in high school and that cost a hundred dollars and he took it for a whole semester. 
Oh, you can? Yeah. At, oh, our, at our high school, oh, you can. Because we live in a small town. Um, but yeah, no, like you do that. But then when you get your driver's license, you can't even go pick up your buddies or your girlfriend or whatever. You have to like, you can only drive between this time it's and this like time. It's not like everybody does. Can. I know, but it just, like, just, I mean, this, that all the rules they put on stuff, it's just ridiculous. But, you know, I also am old enough to remember that how, you know, you could jump in the back of a bed of a truck and drive up and down the road and there was no thing or seatbelt laws for that matter. Um, my first car accident, I was three years old in the front seat. Uh, no seatbelt broke your nose. Sitting on my, sitting on my knees on the front seat and whack. Right on the dashboard. Totally need that one. Yeah, I mean, just all these things. Like, I I think it's hilarious because it really makes me feel old. Because <laughs> now you can't, you literally cannot make a joke about anything. Um, the world is ruining literally conversations. The, the world is ruining comedy at this point. Dave Chappelle, one of the greatest comics of our generation, is coming under fire for. Um, having a long um, storyline joke of uh, somebody that was a great friend of his who he set up a, uh, uh, a whole like college thing for or whatever it was. Oh, uh, you know, and it just people take things so out of context that, you know what, that's the point of comedy, laughing at yourself. We have to laugh at ourselves. And we're in a world now where that's forbidden. Um, it's forbidden to think for yourself. It's forbidden to not listen to the government and say, oh, that must be, you know, the only way to think. And it's it's really ridiculous. I'm really tired of it. And I know a lot of people are. But I, the, the thing of it is, is that too many people are too pussy to actually say anything about it. And I'm not. Because I will die on a hill. So, anyway, um, y'all take care. Um, any feedback, you know where to contact me at followthemath at gmail.com. You cannot cancel me on Twitter. You cannot cancel me on YouTube. You cannot cancel me on Instagram. You cannot cancel me on Facebook. You don't know where I live. You don't know who my employer is. So, if you're offended by this, Fuck yourself and peace out.